What's going on, Flames Nation? Welcome back. I feel like we have not had the opportunity to get together and chat Liberty football uh, in about a week and a half, but we are here live, the Sea of Red football podcast. I am joined by, is that head coach Jamie Chadwell? Oh, no, that's John Manson. Uh, and as if, if you could see you are watching live, thank you so much. Make sure you like and subscribe. But you can see that it is Halloween. And we are going to embrace it. We are going to embrace spooky season. John is dressed as head coach Jamie Chadwell. Uh, I am loosely based, uh, dressed as the number 24 car, uh, William Byron, who is racing in the championship this upcoming Sunday. But we have a little bit of a different show for you this evening. We're mixing, a, mixing it up a little bit. We want to bring in some new faces. We want to bring in some new ideas and hear some, some new voices. And we are going to be joined this evening by the gentlemen of the Fan the Flames football podcast. They are a great group, and they know their Liberty football. They know their Liberty athletics inside and out. So, Producer 3000, bring them in. Let's get this party started because it, it is Halloween. And some people, Halloween night might not be for you. Not really for me, but we're going to enjoy spooky season, and, and we're going to get it in. So, Chad, bring him in, and uh, let's dive into Western Kentucky. Richie, are we allowed to say Happy Halloween? Welcome in, Ben, Jerry, and James from the Fan of Flames football podcast. Gentlemen, welcome this Tuesday night. How are we doing? Doing great. Yeah, glad to be here. Uh, so if, if you are just listening in the future, uh, Jerry has a Joker mask, uh, and James is dressed up as the robe guy. Ben locked in with the classic Liberty football shirt, but I respect it. Again, Halloween, not for everyone. And we're going to jump right in. The last time we saw our Liberty, Liberty Flames uh, on the field was last Tuesday night. And we got an opportunity to, to face off on the field with Western Kentucky, the team that kind of has been the, the white whale this season, the, the game that everyone has circled. So jump in. Uh, I'm going to start with you, Jerry. What were your thoughts on the game? What were some of your takeaways? And uh, what, what are some things that might have surprised you? You could take the mask off. Sorry, give me one second. So while, while Jerry gets that uh, squared away, again, thank you for, for joining us this evening. Uh, if you are watching live, throw some comments uh, out there. Producer 3000 is, is taking care of all that. Well, while Jerry gets that squared away, again, uh, same question to you, James. What were your thoughts on the game? Uh, what surprised you? What were some of your takeaways? Yeah, um, I think our offense came out and did exactly what I figured they were going to do. Uh, ran the ball for – Gosh, like over 400 yards again, um, spread the wealth. Um, I think the surprise, though, personally for me, was just our fourth quarter defense, just a couple of random, uh, random deep balls. But overall, loved it. Um, and super proud of the boys for how they played. No, totally agree. You know, we'll definitely touch on those uh, uh, deep balls in the end. But we got off to a slow start. Western Kentucky marched down the field, scored. Uh, on that first play of the game. But after that, Liberty really dominated it. So we have some of the stats on the screen. Uh, Jerry, glad that you uh, joined us again. Uh, Sorry. What were, some of the, what were some of the numbers that popped out to you that you think made a difference in this game? 
Um, well, we obviously got a little bit of the uh, time of possession there, um, being able to control the ball um, a little bit more, obviously, than uh, um, Austin Reed and Malachi Corley was a big issue there, a big uh, part of our game plan. Um, and then obviously the uh, the turnover um, that pick that we got getting out the uh, getting out the old Joker mask um, that was a uh, part of my pregame like keys of success um, in our podcast prior to the game and uh, we were able to get it out and it was a big part of the game. You, I feel like you feel that momentum coming. You're like, you know, we're due for a Joker play. We are due to get that uh, get that play out there. Uh, ben, thoughts on the game? Yeah, um, it was more of a, I guess you could say, blowout than what I expected. Um, a larger margin than what I expected. They, you know, like we said, we had those. Uh, we gave up those broken coverages that uh, allowed those two big passes that were wide open. But um, outside of that, really proud of the guys. Uh, we stuck to our game plan, and um, we're doing what we've been doing well all year, and that's running the ball. Um, so we're top five in the nation for the reason. So. It's, it's crazy to think about when you look back a couple of years ago with the, the struggles I've mentioned before that the offensive line uh, has had. Now, there was a great turnout for from Liberty fans. There was a couple of people here that were at the game. And, John, you were able to make a bit of a weekend out of it. Talk about the trip. Talk about the, the lead up to the game. Talk about the game and what your experiences, uh, experiences were at Western Kentucky. Yeah, it was a weekend trip during the middle of the week, right? But, uh, yeah, me and Chad uh, kind of – caravan if you want to call it that down to uh to bowling green we had a good time got there monday night and and got an airbnb and stayed there kind of hung out uh all day tuesday in bowling green in the town of bowling green met up with jerry and, and some other flame fans while we were there had a good old time and and it was really cool to kind of just just talk to western fans there there around town and and they were all so pessimistic about their team which was kind of interesting to me but uh, it, it was a lot of fun. It's always fun to, to go on some of these road trips. You hear coaches and players talk about that a lot, about how much fun it is to go on the road and, uh, you know, getting to, to experience that some uh, in, in a different capacity, but but with Liberty fans and, and uh, people that follow the, the team so close is a lot of fun. A lot, lot of parents of players also go to, to most of the trips too, so you get to see them. But but it was a lot of fun. I mean, it was a big win, though. I mean, that we all looked at this game back before the season started as, you know, the key uh, game, you know, really to determine who would be in that uh, Conference USA Championship game. And, and that win kind of put Liberty not just – it helped them clinch, right? It helped them clinch a conference championship spot. But they're, they're really – you know, the magic number for talking baseball is is one to, to get in the conference championship game as a host. And uh, so that's where they're at right now. And and uh, one more win or uh, a loss by by New Mexico State and the Flames will be playing at home on December first. And, and and James, how how key do you think it is for for the Flames to uh, not just get in the conference championship game, but to be able to do it in such convincing uh, fashion to this point in the season? Yeah, um, I, I, talking with Ben and and a few of y'all like coming into the season just. Realizing like, hey, we've had a lot of turnover. Um, ben mentions it all the time. It's just like over 50% of our roster is completely different from last year, whether it's transfer portal, graduations, or uh, freshmen coming in. Just like I think for us to do it the way we have first year in the conference, like a very new roster has been awesome. Um, and it's definitely a huge year for our program, um, especially if we can win out. It, it's, it's just going to propel us into – more conversations of getting better recruits, more conversations of getting better games. Um, so I think it's been a really big thing this year. 
Awesome. Thanks, James. And uh, I think now it's time for our, our weekly segment with uh, our, our main guy, Brendan Schlittler, live with 5-5. Five five. Uh, so he'll be up right after this. Producer 3000 hit. Good evening, gents. How's it going, Brendan? Um, My question for you, man, is uh, how's it felt, you know, despite, you know, being on the sidelines this year to be able to clinch that spot in the CUSA uh, championship game? Yeah, uh, obviously a different perspective than you anticipated going into the year, but uh, it's been full of joy. Um, Obviously, I haven't been on the field during the games, but to be with the guys doing the workouts and practice and the meetings, you kind of see still what goes into it. You can pour into them, uh, help them see things in themselves that they don't see and kind of help bring their potential out of them. So it's been, it's been joyful in a new way. Um, but I couldn't be more proud of how they've handled the situation. And I mean, anytime you start eight and no, it's special. You got something special riding on the season at this point. So. Yeah, and Brendan, the team, you know, you mentioned starting 8-0, and, and that's not uh, new for the Flames and, and for you uh, since you've been here on the mountain. I mean, the team has gotten off to great starts pretty much every year. I mean, 8-1 and one last year, 7-2, and two and, and uh, what was it, 2021, I think 8-0 and oh in 2020. So, I mean, this is a four-straight year. You guys have, have really gotten out to a really fast start. Uh, unfortunately, as we all know, that there have been some slow finishes to the season, uh, most notably last year, you know, losing those those four straight and lots of extenuating circumstances kind of leading to that. But but what's the team's, you know, talk this week, you know, a little bit about, you know, trying to finish strong and how to have a strong finish uh, in November? Yeah, so uh, the captain's been every single week with Coach Chadwell, and it's been something we've talked about since he got here that I think we're two and six the last two Novembers. Uh, that's a red flag, specifically when you start as good as you start. So something's wrong with how you handle it mentally, or obviously there's other factors. Um, but that's always been what we've been focusing on. What do we have to do different in November? Uh, so obviously you have your cliche answer, and it's true. You got to focus on what we're going to want to know. But there's bigger external factors you got to control. So uh, the biggest things we talked about: missing assignments, being late to meetings, being late to meals. Um, just small details that typically when you win eight games in a row can slip because winning covers a lot of things. Uh, so working on those things that sometimes can slip up and being consistent and holding everyone to the same standard throughout the whole season uh, is exactly what we're working on to hopefully flip that record in November. But um, we're well aware of it. And this week we're just focusing on going one to know, obviously securing home championship advantage. And uh, that's kind of the guy's focus. Yeah, um, what would you say has been, uh, you know, the most exciting thing for you all season outside of the winning? You've talked about pouring into the players. Um, how has that been as a relationship as you're more in a coaching role, and how's that looked for you? As I said, it's a different type of joy. Um, you know, when you kind of view things from a broader perspective, you can kind of see the whole picture. Um, you don't have to go in and want to rep every single day you know, 50 times and you're not in the zone and blood boiling. So you can kind of approach it from a different style. And uh, that's helped me kind of see the, the good in other guys and help bring that out of them. Um, 
And then obviously, anytime he can develop as a leader, that's a huge plus. So uh, that's probably been the biggest thing that I've gained from it. But there's a couple others, but I would say that for sure. And, and Brendan, you know, uh, obviously you got the RT Rogers uh, hat on there and and uh, proud sponsors of the Live with 5-5 five five <laughs> segment and the See a Red podcast. Uh, give us a little bit more info on, on RT Rogers. Yes, sir. So uh, RT Rogers, uh, Greg Rogers owns it, uh, Liberty alum. Uh, from what I hear, a little birdie told me him and the crew are coming up this weekend, so uh, I get to see them again. Always great to talk with them. Great people, great family, and uh, based out of West Virginia, their main marketing areas, Southwest Virginia and Southeast West Virginia. Uh, they sell fuel, lubricants, tanks, and equipment. Any oil needs, hit them up. So um, always thankful for them and thankful for that relationship. Got it. Th- thanks uh, so much, Brendan. Thanks to RT Rogers for for sponsoring us as always. Uh, uh, Brendan, uh, what what have you seen so far out of Louisiana Tech? I mean, what are what are some of their keys? Uh, you know, to to try to you know s- stop Liberty and uh, make it a, a successful game plan for them. And and uh, you know, one thing I've seen on on, on uh, film and, and from watching them a little bit is is their special team seems to be key, especially with a guy like Smoke Harris. Uh, you know, preseason All Conference player guys taking one back to the house already in the punt return game and how, how vital can special teams be in a, in a game like this? Yeah. Overall, anytime it's kind of funny cause you're talking about recruiting. Uh, anytime you play a team, kind of the area they're from kind of fits the mold of how their team plays. So you play Florida's, you know, the Georgia's, the Louisiana's, no matter what the record is, those guys are going to be athletic. And, uh, so they're very athletic. Uh, their defensive line is big up front. Um, they can move well, and they've been some close games. I mean, them in Western Kentucky came down to the wire. They've been in a couple other ones. Uh, it, a few plays, and they could be bowl eligible right now. So, uh, And we know that we respect them. And as far as Smoke Harris and their skill guys, uh, the special teams is huge. Um, nothing can flip a game faster than special teams. So, that I mean, it's a huge momentum swing. You talked about field position. Uh, and games that matter. I mean, they have to win three straight to go to a bowl game. We're trying to clinch home conference championship. Uh, this game matters a lot to the players, and uh, those small details are going to matter. You talk about field position, you know, flipping the field completely is going to – that's huge. Kickoff, kickoff return. Um, you know, not a lot of people pay too much attention to it, but as you mentioned, it, it means a lot. Yeah, uh, growing up, you know, playing football, we were always told uh, special teams and turnovers. You know, obviously we've been turning the, getting the turnovers and doing that and, um, you know, if we can win field position. But even time of possession, um, goodness, the amount that we've been running the ball, you know, <clears throat> what have you seen out of this offensive line this year that has really contributed to this? I, I mean, wow, it's it's been fantastic to watch. They've been grinding out games. Yeah, it's uh, it's always a joy to watch them. I would say going into fall camp, uh, we kind of had a mentality. It's like your mentality is going to determine how you play. And we looked across the board. We brought in a ton of quality transfers, guys that have played ball that are talented. We had a core group of guys that have been here for a while. And we're like, why don't we just become that group that is like the dudes? Like they're known as like the best. And, uh, I mean, they took it seriously. I was knocked out practice three, so I couldn't do too much physically. But um, they took it and they ran with it to see them putting up the rushing yards they are. And it, it, it takes way more than the O-line, but they've done an incredible part. Um, it takes the tight ends. Caden carrying out fakes. Obviously, he's ran a bunch. Uh, he Finishing runs. He had a fourth and one that he trucked some guy. And, I mean, everyone's playing a part. Receivers blocking. 
it's kind of like the O-line giving up sacks. Everyone looks at the O-line. When you rush a lot, everyone looks at the O-line also, but there's still a lot of other keys that go into it. So, um, But it's been awesome to watch. And I know they've done a lot, but I know that they want to continue to prove that no matter who we play, they can do it. So it's going to be exciting to see how they finish. Yeah, and it seems like the offensive line in the ground game has been getting better as the season's gone on, which that's not always the case. Sometimes, you know, by, by this point in the season, you know, bodies are tired, legs are tired, and, and, and all that sort of stuff. But it's been fun to, to see, and it really kind of, you know, I think we saw a comment earlier tonight in, in the chat, but it was about uh, just how the ground game gets better as the game goes on and really kind of imposes, literally kind of imposes our will in, in the second half and just kind of dominates teams there. So, uh, as always, Brendan, thanks for joining us, and, and uh, uh, it's, it's always a pleasure to chat with you and, and uh, look forward to, to cheering you guys on the rest of the season as as you finish up uh, here, here your time on the mountain and, and hopefully get a conference championship, right? I mean, get to a fifth bowl game, uh, fifth time for, for your career, five for five. Can't, can't do much better than that, and those are your favorite numbers too, right? So, Amen. Uh, th- thanks, Brendan. Appreciate you, man. Yes, sir. See you Saturday. Have thanks, a good one. Virginia's best and most flames-friendly coffee comes from Ironclad Coffee Roasters. Ironclad Roasters serves up their beautiful beans at two cafes in Richmond, where you can enjoy their craft roasted specialty beans from anywhere in the country by visiting www.ironcladcoffee.com. Place your order there, and it will be directly shipped to your doorstep. Whenever you find yourself in the capital of the Commonwealth, pay them a visit at one of the two cafes in the Richmond area. Ironclad's owners, the O'Rourke family, are proud Flames Club members and season ticket holders. And now they're pleased to sponsor the podcast from the CRA. Hop over to www.ironcladcoffee.com now to get your Virginia's best specialty coffee headed your way. All right. So shout out to Ironclad Coffee. Uh, I would do anything to get myself a little bit of Ironclad Coffee uh, in this mug. But if you are interested in trying out some Ironclad Coffee, make sure you get yourself to the tailgate this Saturday for homecoming. I think festivities start off at 2 o'clock, the Flames Rising tailgate. Uh, In tailgate town, you can't miss it. Uh, It's going to be a who's who. There's going to be members from the basketball team there. Make sure you get out there. But before we could get to Saturday's game, and we are going to talk about that game, we figured because we have a great group of people here, we would start by celebrating the fact that our Flames are championship bound. And in our first season, we are going to a conference uh, championship. Ben, what are your thoughts on that and, and Liberty able to do this in its first year? Um, it's great. It sets a standard and um, really uh, also helps with recruiting. You know, um, hey, we're here to win championships, not just to win bowls. We can do both now. Um, so um, I think that's huge. And I think we not only set the standard, but also, um, you know, kind of set up, hey, we're here. We're here to, you know, win. You know, this isn't this isn't just we're walking in here and, you know, maybe we'll get a title here or there. We've proven that we're we're here to stay for a little while. Yeah. And, and one thing that uh, we're going to do to kind of help celebrate uh, th- this great start to the, the season and kind of midway point, if you will. I mean, eight games in and, and we're going to play at least 14. So so a little bit past uh, midway. But but, you know, that that's all for uh, the, the math guys. Uh, uh, you know, so we're going to do some some midseason awards. So uh, first one up was uh, the best play of the year. 
Uh, I don't think it's any surprise here. Kobe Singleton game-winning PBU against Sam Houston. Uh, he did it on fourth and goal, but he did it three times in, what, the last five or six plays there. So uh, that, that was uh, huge and clutch. And obviously, if he doesn't do that and they catch that, uh, we're not 8-0 right now. And and this whole season would, would be a little bit different uh, tune right now. Jerry, uh, t- tell us a little bit about uh, why that play was so so clutch and, and maybe take us back to that that moment. Yeah, so – I was there in the stadium watching Sam Houston drive down the field and getting a little bit nervous, obviously. But um, as we said all season in our podcast, you know, we have a bend, don't break uh, defense. Um, being able to sit there and watch uh, Kobe and the, the secondary just completely like shut them down there at the end was great. Um, again, like I said, I was nervous, but um, they came in and they uh, attacked it well, well and, and they, they got, it done, got it done. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, I mean, it was a huge play. So, uh, it, obviously, like we said, it's the best play so far this year. Hopefully, we'll have some more uh, big plays uh, coming up after that. But uh, ne- next award we're going to hand out is the, uh, the the best freshman so far this season. And, and one thing with, um, uh, you know, Liberty so far this season is they haven't played a ton of ton of true freshmen. Um, you know, Vaughn Blue could have been in, in – uh, uh, consideration for this before his injury, but uh, going with uh, uh, T.J. Bush, uh, true freshman defensive end, who, who's kind of been a standout there. Uh, ben, what are your thoughts on on T.J.? And is there anybody else that maybe should have been in consideration there? Yeah, um, I mean, I, I remember seeing your article this week. Uh, what was it? Larry Jones was the only other one that has burned his red shirt. So, um, yeah, there hasn't been really anybody else. But T.J. Bush coming out of high school, Freedom High School uh state champion uh had i believe 20 plus sacks in his senior year of high school so i mean uh yeah it's uh it's uh no surprise that he's coming in here and making an impact right away i think especially on the defensive side of the ball there were definitely some questions going into the season and the fact that a freshman stepped up and filled filled that role I think eased a lot of people's minds that were worried at the start of the season. And next up, most impactful transfer. Now, uh, we mentioned earlier a ton of transfers this season. You know, we had a couple in the running back room as well. But, James, what are your thoughts? Deservedly to, to Quentin Cooley? Who would be your number two uh, in the in the awards for this? Yeah, I think I think Cooley's definitely the top transfer in just a sense. He's he's gotten so many carries. He's got over 800 yards this year. Um, you can't you can't ask for much more from from him coming in uh, from Wake Forest. Um, another guy that I would put on that is uh, Bedgood. He has been mm-hmm. phenomenal out of the backfield, not just running the ball but also catching the ball. Um, he's he's our dual threat, and he's filled uh, an even bigger role than initially with blue going down because he's kind of turned into that blue out of the backfield um and yeah bedgood would definitely be my second yeah i think bedgood definitely uh deserves some some recognition here and there's really a lot of guys uh you could you could plug in here i i think um uh, a couple offensive linemen could could be in consideration too. We don't think about them so much, but uh, individually. But Jordan White at center, I think think he would be towards the top of that list. Uh, also, Billy Lucas, he, he's kind of dealt with an injury a little bit, but uh, another running back that's that's done really well. But uh, but yeah, I mean Quentin Cooley. I mean you can't say much more about what he's done and and the story that. 
uh, Liberty Flames put out earlier this year on him was really cool just to kind of get to know him a little bit more off the uh, off the uh, field. But uh, next one, best sideline slash game energy. Uh, and, and I think this one, you know, if you've ever been to to the game and up close right behind the, the bench, uh, it's obvious that uh, Chad Scott, the director of strength and, and conditioning, is kind of, you know, bringing the energy. But uh, I think he gets all the, the kudos with uh, the Joker mask coming up. Uh, uh, ben, ben, tell us about uh, what, what, what your thoughts are here on, on Chad Scott and just the job he's done uh, with the team so far. Yeah, I'm technically uh, actually dressed up as Chad Scott tonight. I know it's not easy to tell, um, but um, yeah, he's uh, yeah. We actually had him on the podcast ourselves this past summer, and man, he is he. After we got done talking uh, and we're like done recording, he kept on talking for like another thirty, forty minutes, and we're like, we got to go to bed. He just, you know, he was still in his office. He was ready to roll, and I was just like. I think it was James and I and maybe Jeremiah. I can't remember who all was there, but we were all like, wow, this guy is the right fit. And then, you know, it's always funny with, again, you said the Joker mask. You see him uh, going to going grab it and then grabbing the money bag. And um, he just gets so excited. And you can tell that he not only loves what he does, but he really loves all the guys um, that he coaches. But Jerry, you're a, you're a big vibes guy. I know that you're you're a big fan. You love uh, the getting hyped. Uh, putting him on the spot here. This is not one of the awards. What has been your favorite post game celebration in the locker room? Oh my goodness, that's a great question. Um, maybe just going with that with that first one. Um, you know, I, I use it in the uh, the replies a lot when we uh, have a recruit. Um, that we we're trying to hit up a lot. Um, just the one where he goes, "Oh, strike the stone," and then like you have Kobe in the background just going, "Yeah, like crazy." Um, that would probably be my like top one. But there's been so many good ones, like the one with like the Snickers trophy and all of that. I can't really pick a. They're just all they're all great, but I'd probably go with that first one. The the, the first one was awesome, I think, and I said it yeah. before, and I said it to go Chadwell. Like we weren't expecting that. We had no idea that that was going to come out and. And there's chicken wings flying everywhere. And I'm, I woke up on Chad's couch the next morning. I'm like, what did I just miss? Like, this is, this is lunacy, but uh, lunacy in a good way. So super exciting to see. Do we have one more award? Yeah, there one more is. award. And it's the, the best performing unit, the best position group. Uh, offensive line, we kind of already talked about them a little bit. But uh, I, I think that's a, that's a no-brainer. Uh, James, what are your thoughts on, on the offensive line? And, and are, are they deserving of this award so far this season? Yeah, no, I I played offensive line back in my day in high school, and it's just, man, like, they're the most underappreciated group in football, I believe. And this year, man, they are getting it all. They are deserving it, and I uh, I love what they're doing. Um, another transfer that we didn't mention was Xavier Gray, and he's been great over there at uh, in tackle as well. So I'm loving the big guys up front, loving the recognition that some of these guys like uh, X are getting uh, for the next level. So it's, it's exciting. Yeah, it it really is. They've done a great job, but uh, it, it's it's time for us to to move on. And enough praising these guys. Let's talk about the next opponent uh, with Louisiana Tech as we bring in uh, CT, who will be uh, up in a few minutes as well with the cash and tickets. But uh, CT, as we get you uh, in in the uh, in, in the uh, studio here, I, I can't speak. It, it's just so much going on. We're moving so fast. Uh, but uh, Louisiana Tech Bulldogs, uh, Smoke Harris, there is impact player, wide receiver. 
uh, punt returner, kick returner, uh, Mr. Do It All. I've watched some of their games early in the season, and, and he's a guy that just you know is all over the field. He kind of slash you know flashes a lot. He reminds me a little bit of uh, uh, he reminds me a little bit of Demario Douglas, maybe a little bit uh, poor man's Demario Douglas, that type of player. Uh, also, Hank Bachmeyer. They kind of go with the. Uh, uh, you know, air raid type attack, and he's been injured a little bit, but should be back. CT, let, let's bring you in. What's your uh, your thoughts on on Louisiana Tech and maybe uh, th their biggest uh, you know challenges that they'll have for the Flames? Oh, he got caught by the mute. Yeah, yeah, my bad. Um, yeah, I was going to say right away. You took the words out of my mouth with Smoke Harris. Uh, I was going to compare him to Demario for reference. He's their version of Demario. He's nowhere close to Demario, but he's their version of him. Um, he's definitely their playmaker. Um, if there's going to be things happening, going to be through him. Um, he has 637 yards receiving this year. Um, that's basically his highest already, um, which is really impressive. That's that's going to probably he'll probably hit a thousand this year um, at this rate. So Bachmeyer as their quarterback, um, he's solid. He's a transfer from a school that we won't talk about. Um, but as you said, John, he does have injury history. It's mainly because of bad offensive lines, which he did get hurt, as you said, the, earlier this season as well. Um, he also has some turnover issues. I think that's good for the Flames. Um, I think that could be interesting there, um, see what we can continue to do uh, with that Joker mask. But in terms of what challenges they could present, I really think the big thing is they are top 20 in the nation in passing defense. Um, and that's something where um, our offense is very solid, to where it's very tough to stop us. Um, but if you can shut down half of that offense with the passing game, you have a shot at being able to stop the run defense. Not saying you're going to be at the run game. Not saying you're going to be able to, but you have a shot if you're able to stop the passing. Um, so that'll be interesting to see. Um, I'd like this matchup a lot for the Flames, but that could be one area that uh, Louisiana Tech could try to exploit. Yeah, good point, CT. And and but one one thing that you know I kind of been thinking about is yes, they're really good against the pass uh, on defense, but they're one of the worst in the country in the rush defense. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like you know where does this come from, and and, and it, could it possibly be that uh, teams are just exploiting that? And, uh, you know, it, it'll be interesting to see. But, Ben, what are your thoughts on uh, Louisiana Tech and, and their defense? Can Liberty exploit their run uh, defense a little bit as, as the Flames are number two in the country in, in rushing offense? Yeah, I mean, just looking at this graphic here, you know, the scoring defense is worse than their scoring offense. So that's usually doesn't bode well uh, for most teams. Um, with that being said, though, yeah, with our run game, that's definitely going to be an area where we exploit what I am a little bit nervous about the guy in this graphic, uh, Smoke Harris, if they come out and play like MTSU did, he's a lot like uh, your Chisholm and uh, Metcalf uh, type player. He's going to burn you at times. So, um, you know, and Bachmeyer does have some experience. He's been inconsistent. Um, but, um, and I know we uh, beat up on Western Kentucky, but uh, they came back on Western Kentucky um, and they've been able to do that a few times this year. So, um, that's a little bit nerve wracking. Hey, if we get up on them, we can't sleep. We got to keep them, keep them, uh, at bay. Yeah, definitely. I, I, you know, it'll be interesting. It's an interesting game. 
Um, you know, Jeremiah, what, what are your thoughts on, on Louisiana Tech, and should the Flames be able to, uh, to uh, you know, they're 17-point favorites. you think they're going to take control here? Yeah, I think they'll be able to take control. Um, I think it might be there might be a little bit of a similarity between uh, Smoke Harris and what Reed can do with Corley potentially. Um, but I think overall we'll be able to take control. Um, but as Ben already um, said a second ago, we've got to make sure we keep our foot on the gap, don't let up, and be able to get well ahead and stay well ahead. Plus it's homecoming. If we exactly. don't run the doors off of them on homecoming, what are we doing here? Like – it's homecoming. We didn't schedule any other. My Byron signs all over the place. We didn't schedule a good, a, a great team for a reason. Like homecoming, it should be a massacre. It should be people that are coming back for the first time in years that are like, oh, wow, Liberty's really, really good. I mean, they should know that already with eight, no record. But this is what homecoming's for. It's for us to run it down their throats. Last time I was at a homecoming game was against Mammoth, I think in 2016, and we won by like a zillion points. So – Blowout. Well, I'm not going to sit here and pretend to know a thing about LaTeX, but I am going to tell you uh, that we should blow the doors off of them strictly because it's homecoming. Yeah, and you know, it's interesting. Uh, Coach Chow on his press conference this morning was talking about, uh, you know, this should we should set a record for homecoming attendance uh, uh, this this weekend. And he was like, why not? Right? No, uh, we got a chance to clinch uh, a conference championship home game. Uh, you know, for December 1st. And, and uh sounds like, you know, ticket sales are going pretty well. I saw on social media, they were, they were promoting out that uh, all the, uh, you know, chair back seats are, are sold out. Only the uh, general, well, I guess it's not general mission anymore. It used to be general mission over above the, the student sections, all that's left. So, um, you know, should, should have a great crowd. Uh, Jeremiah, I know you're coming in for the game. Uh, where, where'd you go? You, you just shut off on me. We'll go to James. James, what are your thoughts on, uh, on uh, the crowd, you, you expect a, a you know record type setting crowd for homecoming and a first Saturday game in, in over a month. Yeah, um, we were talking about this yesterday as we were talking. Uh, me and Ben, I really do. Um, we had really great numbers for our midweek games, considering all things seventeen thousand and nineteen thousand. So, so I, I am super excited for uh, for that, and I. Uh, I think overall we're going to have uh, a much bigger crowd than potentially we've ever seen. I, I think with homecoming, we're going to have a ton of people. Um, and I, it's exciting to hear those numbers of the uh, um, chairback seats already being sold out. Yeah, no doubt. Um, so, so looking forward to it. Any Okay, so the line is se- it's still 17 CT. We still have Liberty minus 17. Okay, I, I got it. We got to go around the, the table here. Uh, is anybody taking the flames? and laying the 17 points. Ben, you go first. Um, I am not. I'm actually taking Louisiana Tech because I think this game's going to be a lot closer than what people realize. Um, we haven't played well at home this year. Um, you know, I hope we kick their butts. But, I mean, last year uh, at homecoming, we didn't kick Gardner-Webb's butt. So, different coaching staff, different things. But, you know, the trend this year with home hasn't been the best. Um, yeah, we've had a good first couple games, but the midweek games – we're way too close. Uh, so I'm a little bit nervous. So I'm going with tech. No, I, I agree with you there. We kind of struggled in, in uh, the first half or at home, especially uh, those midweek games. I think that's kind of, you know, uh, hopefully just a, a, an aberration, you know, just kind of mirage. Hopefully the team will uh, feel a lot more energy from the homecoming crowd on Saturday and, and play really well. But I, I do agree with your pick there, Ben. 
I'm going to, uh, if I was betting on this game, which I'm not, I, I would be taking the Bulldogs plus a 17. I'll keep going around here, around the horn. Jeremiah, I think you're on mute. Make sure you unmute. But uh, what's your thoughts? Would you take uh, Liberty minus 17? Yeah, I'm with Richie here. I think we're going to be able to pull away um, being homecoming. Um, you know, as James would say, bigger crowd in, in the uh, stadium. Uh, yeah, I'm definitely going with uh, a big blowout of the Flames. James, your thoughts? Yeah, I'm I'm with Ben. Um, we had the same thoughts about this yesterday. I, I truly think it's going to be one of those games where our defense makes some fourth quarter stands, and uh, that's what gets us the win. Richie, CT, you guys want to jump in? I know you'll be talking about this more in your Liberty Line segment, but go ahead. Runaway. It's going to be a runaway. I feel great about this game. Never once have I been worried about La Tech. But, no, I just think we will run – the you-know-what out of the ball, everyone's going to get carries, everyone's going to get touches, everyone's going to cook. I said it the first ever time, Chad said, hey, do you want to do a little bit on our podcast? It was homecoming. And I said, I actually predicted the score. I said, you win for the fans, cover for the alumni. And it's homecoming. This is what happens. We're not going to get Gardner-Webb. It's too late in the season. Everyone's looking at, you know, this could be a trap game, you know, the emotions coming off of last week. No, we've had a ton of time off. Feeling great. We got Saturday football again. Fans are going to be going crazy. Flames by 30. Love it. All I have to add to that. I mean, that, that's per Yeah, all I have to add to that is, John, I know you're in last place for us. You're down five units. So at this point, whatever the opposite you have is probably a good thing. So give me the flames all day. Thanks, CT. Appreciate the uh, unnecessary shots. When I I don't, you, you guys fired me from that segment. I don't even know what happened. So now I don't even get a take up for myself and my picks. I I have the receipts to prove otherwise, but we won't do that right now. I appreciate. It. Hey guys, good good talk, and uh, looking forward to the game Saturday. If if you're out there and in, in the Lynchburg area or close enough, you can drive and get to the game Saturday. Come on, make sure you get your tickets ahead of time. Let's let's set a record crowd and and uh, support these guys. Eight no. You know, going for the best start in school history with a win, 9-0 and be the best start in school history. We've only won 10 games twice in school history. 50 years of football, only done it twice. Let's get one win closer to it. And uh, I think, Producer 3000, we're going to uh, our main man, Zeke, with our Around Liberty in 71 seconds. Let, let, let's uh, get to that. What's up, guys? It's Zach, and we are back with your weekly edition of the Liberty Flame Sports Recap. Let's get right into it. Women's soccer defeated Louisiana Tech 4-1 last week. That concluded the regular season. The Lady Flames will now face the winner of Western Kentucky and Louisiana Tech in the Conference USA semifinals. Men's soccer tied Houston Christian 1-1 last Thursday and then eventually lost to Incarnate Word 2-0 on Sunday to finish out their regular season. Liberty will face the sixth seed Eastern Illinois in the Ohio Valley Conference Tournament. The Flames are the three seed. Field hockey concluded their regular season with a 5-0 shutout win over Georgetown. Obviously, the Flames are the number one seed in the Big East Tournament, and they will face Villanova to open the Big East Tournament. They are looking for their third consecutive conference title. Obviously, the Lady Flames have already secured their spot in the NCAA tournament, being a top 10 team and only having one loss on the season, but they can earn a top seed in the NCAA tournament with a Big East tournament win. 
and another trophy in the trophy case. Volleyball also went undefeated last week, going 2-0, defeating Sam Houston State twice on Friday and Saturday, both by a 3-1 score. Um, the Lady Flames will face Louisiana Tech this weekend. Women's Swim lost to UNC Asheville last week, 192-179. to They will host the TYR 85 invite on November 17th. In cross-country, both men and the women's teams play second in their first-ever Conference USA Championship meet. Um, both teams will participate in the Southeast Regional coming up next. Uh, men's golf plays third in their tournament up in Hawaii. Out of 20 teams, they will wait until January now for the 2024 spring season. Last but not least, football defeated Western Kentucky 42-29 to be 8-0 on the year and undefeated in Conference USA. They will face Louisiana Tech on the mountain this Saturday for a homecoming to clinch home field advantage for the Conference USA Championship with a win. This game will be at 6 o'clock p.m. on the CBS Sports Network. I hope to see you all there at the Sea of Red tailgate. This is Zach with your Liberty Flame Sports Recap. As always, go Flames! Welcome back uh, for, for hooking us up uh, with all that information about Liberty Sports, field hockey, still a wagon. I got national Boy, championship I dreams. I got mm-hmm. national championship dreams, ZT. I don't know about you. Field hockey school. It, it, is, a, it is a field hockey school. Uh, print more of the sheets. But it is that time. Uh, we are going to quickly give a run through of – some of our picks from the last week. I know we didn't get a chance to uh, really throw them all out there uh, for everything, but you can see on the screen, decent week for you and I, pretty good week. Um, you were chirping, John, a little bit, but thoughts on last week. Uh, pretty exciting day of college football. There were some upsets out there, uh, really starting to separate some uh, pretenders from the contenders. Yeah, no doubt. No. And uh, right away, I, I'll give you your credit. I screwed up this graphic. You got UTEP right as well. Um, so you had another eight in one week. Absolutely unreal. Um, the bender continues. Um, amazing to say. I mean, who would have thought after last year um, that you'd be in this spot today? But um, yeah, you went eight and one. I had a good week. Kansas money line. I had another big money line hit. I was really pr- happy with that one. That gave me a big week. Um, and I know it gave John a hard time already, but uh I'll give him a little bit more. He continues to fall further back uh, with another four and five week. Yeah, he started off hot and then it all just spiraled. It all spiraled out of control. But there, no, there's no. the standings. Up seventeen, like that's on that's unheard of. You're at like sixty three percent or something like that. Just bravo all the way to, uh, around. It, it it is, and I'm not gonna ask for tweets. Yeah, I got tweets last year. People chirping me. Richie Nunchat, he's bad at picking. He can't pick games. We should fade him. I'm not going to sit here. I'm not going to go into details. I'm not going to call people out. But what I would like to call out, though, if you are enjoying this right now, like and subscribe. I'm 55 and 32. That's preposterous. I don't want any accolades. I just want you to like and subscribe, which whatever platform you are on, because it helps us out. And also, yeah, I'm up 17. That's all That's all, it's all fine and good. I could lose it all in one week. But CT, you're in the green now. I'm in the green. Yeah, thankfully. Um, I mean, I feel like I've been back and forth between right there on the edge. So uh, I don't want to jinx it or anything like that. But for now, for now, I'm in the green. So I'm happy about that. And and even, John, at the end of the day, and here's my disclaimer I try to throw out there as much as possible. Do not gamble above your means. 
Um, if you are interested in, in, in investing on the outcomes of some of these games, please do this responsibly. We are doing this responsibly. This is all for fun. Uh, you know, I always say I am not betting $100 on every single one of these games. Yeah. Uh, you know, if you were, you'd be up a lot of money. Um, but even at the end of the day, John being down five units, if you came to me right now, nine, ten weeks into college football season, said you're only going to be down five units, I would say this is a great college football season uh, no, because no. it really is for, for you to have fun, to add some uh, a, a different way to view these games. But we have our guest pickers. On the screen right now, uh, if you're watching live, you can see uh, a, a dead heat for the top, uh, for the leader. And that is split between Mr. Sam Stone and the gentleman that we just heard from, uh, Zach. Both six and three, up just about two and a half units. But, however, the other side of it, CT, what do we got? Yeah, I mean, all over. It was Colby. It was uh, Steven was down, even though he went six and three just like them. Again, he went all money line, so he went down. Um, and then uh, closing off the rear, we have Buckshot and Joel Vanderpool. Um, but both four and five, not too bad at all. Um, so I, I've been very happy. We haven't had a bad guest picker week. Um, and let's let's hope that continues. Um, I'm not yeah. sold on these guys having a good week, but, I mean, who, who knows? So I told them not to, to copy my picks, but we're going to bring them back. They uh, put their picks together. And uh, we're, we're going to go through and uh, get some of their thoughts. You know, we already talked about Liberty Law Tech. We were kind of split there. Uh, so going to be interesting to see right off the bat. We're going to have two either 1-0 and uh, or 2-0-1 oh, and one, unless the game ends up at 17 on the dot, which would make sense because Vegas is smarter than all of us. Uh, second only other, game, and the only can... other thing I'll say about that is last time a guest picker tried to fade Liberty, um, it was Colby with Jacksonville State. That did not go well. Um, so we'll, we'll see what happens, but, uh, just know history, um, is not on y'all's side. Showing up to a Liberty podcast, fading the flames. I can't believe it. No, uh, next up middle Tennessee state, New Mexico state. A lot of us on the same page. Uh, one of y'all give us your thoughts on the under, under 56. Seems like a lot of points. Well, I'm the only one that actually put this together because. <laughs> okay. Uh, so I can defend all my picks. Uh, so under 56, I think it's going to be a lower scoring game. Um, I just really do. I mean, Favia, Badiato, I mean, it's at New Mexico. I, I just see them slowing down, both of the teams. Um, so I could see it uh, being like a 20 to 17 game. That's why, um, honestly. There's been some really low scoring games um, throughout the year in Conference USA. So. Actually, and I feel like New Mexico State's either boom or bust. Like they're either scoring a ton of points or they are in that grind it out conference USA uh, type game. Western Kentucky all on the same page. Uh, I'm going to assume bounce back coming off a loss against uh, a team like UTEP, getting head nods uh, from Ben. Jerry, James, feel free to jump in if you're feeling some type of way about a game. <laughs> Any thoughts here? Yeah, no, I'm on the same page with Ben on this one. I, I agree that Western Kentucky is going to be coming back with uh, with some vengeance after uh, now two straight losses. Yeah, I mean, you know, John mentioned how uh, fans were getting a little pessimistic. Uh, we'll see if they can right that ship. Next up, I have what I think is one of the games of the week. Um, and this has kind of been circled for those who have been following. And, and, and Kansas State have been on a bit of a run. 
Uh, and they are facing off against Texas. That line is four and a half over under 51 and a half. Uh, CT and Ben, you're on different sides of it here. I could not pick a side, so that's why I just uh, I just went, hey, you just give me the over and get out of the way. But uh, CT, you first. Kansas State, what are you seeing there? Yeah, uh, the, as you said, this will be one of the games of the week. Um, and as well, I mean, Kansas State has been on an absolute roll. Um, I took Kansas State. The big reason is just I'm not sure, honestly, what the status of uh, Quinny Ewers is. Um, Texas is quarterback, and, and that's a big thing for me without him. Um, I, I really don't think that's the same team. Um, so between Kansas State being on a roll um, and along with that injury status, I, I figure taking the points here is probably the safe play. Um, to be determined what I actually do later in the week um, based on that injury status, but uh, for the picks here, I wanted to go ahead and take that plus four and a half. So um, uh, I chose Texas because Texas is back. They're going to make the playoff, and they're not uh, going to lose this game at home. Um, I think this is going to be a statement game for Malik Murphy. Um, I think he's um, a lot better, and he hasn't been uh, – this is his second week or third week. I can't remember how many he's got. Um, yeah, he's a, he's the real deal. Um, when Ewers steps away, uh, the Manning boy is going to have a hard time trying to beat out Murphy um, next – next year um i really do believe that so that's why i got texas if, if you are not watching live uh and you are listening i'm nodding my head right now because i am a believer in murphy um i think this is a great opportunity for texas to show that they have the ability if they can run the table they will go to the playoffs yes oklahoma beat them a couple weeks ago if they face off in the big 12 championship game i think texas will be the favorite and i think texas will win that game texas will absolutely win that game yep I think it's similar with the Pac-12. If you if you say to me Oregon is playing Washington again, I'm going to say, and I, and I love Washington, but I think Oregon wins the game. Like it's yeah. just one of those weird situations. But um, and you I and I both had Washington play. in the previous game. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and we Absolutely. both be on Oregon now. Like it's yeah. that's just how it you rolls. Just, you just look at the way it works. You look at how teams are going to progress as the season goes on. But next up, Bedlam. What is Maybe going to be one of the last bedlams in forever because money has ruined college football. But that's another story for a whole nother time. Oklahoma coming off of a loss against Oklahoma State. Two teams maybe trending in opposite directions. Uh, spread is six. No one here took the over-under. Uh, but Ben went with Oklahoma minus six. Uh, CT and I, Oklahoma plus six. Ben, change Change my mind. Convince me to come uh, onto the Oklahoma minus six side. Listen, uh, for Bedlam, guess who's uh, dominated that series in this decade, century? Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Um, they're coming after, off of a really tough loss against Kansas, which I posted that was going to be the game of the week last week. Everybody was saying that noon games were going to be snoring. And I was like, no, Kansas, Oklahoma is going to be the best game of the day. And it was. Um so, I mean, man, I just think they're going to come back. Dylan Gabriel um, had a rough game, but um, I don't think it, uh, Lightning is going to strike twice on this. I think it's uh, going to go uh, with Oklahoma, and they're going to beat up on uh, Oklahoma State in the last bedlam that we could see for the next 10, 15 years. Uh, yeah, it's pretty sad. It's, it's a shame. Um, I will say I did go uh, Oklahoma State just because I – 
I don't know how Oklahoma's going to respond. I think Dylan, Dylan Gabriel before this, he was in the Heisman talk. He, he was right there in, in that mix in the top five. But uh, Oklahoma State, they're running the ball well. Um, I think they're going to get up for this game more than Oklahoma because they're not the reason the rivalry's ended. The rivalry is ending because of Oklahoma. So I think this is Oklahoma State's Super Bowl. Uh, next up, we got Georgia State at home against JMU. CT, go ahead. It's got to work at some point, right? Eventually. I mean, it's got to work at some point. So um, JMU money line, they can't lose. They're not going to go 8-0, 9-0, whatever it is. I don't even know at this point. But, uh, uh, yeah, JMU, they, they can't lose. It's impossible. I, I mean, I, I think they're they're not a bad football team. I think they're a touchdown better than uh, Georgia State. But, Ben, what do you got? I'm not going to pretend like I know a lot about this game. So, hopefully, you did more <laughs> research than I did. <laughs> yeah, Georgia State, um, they're a quality G5 team. And I think at some point in the Sun Belt, they've been beating up on each other. At some point, Georgia State's going to have to step up because um, they're in that fight for that Eastern – uh mm -hmm. championship spot so this would be a good win to help them secure that spot um or at least get to the point where they could secure it i'm not I'm, i don't follow it as closely as i should probably but um uh georgia state um i think is going to make a statement at home jamie's got to lose sometime i think they're a fantastic football team too so oh, well i'm in the same boat it's 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 eventually going to uh trickle out now for the sake of of all that's good in this world i and making the executive decision that we are not going to spend the moment talking about Iowa Northwestern. <laughs> not going to do it. We're yeah. not going to do it. Uh, we're not going to talk about Washington, USC. I love that those games are basically the complete opposites. Like we have an over-under that is now at 30, uh, and then an over-under that is at 76. But we are all on the same page here. And this game, a little, a little important to me, because I am leaving Friday morning because I'm going to this game. I'm going to LSU-Bama. And you can chirp me all you want. Why aren't you going to homecoming? Richie Lonchez, why is he going to Alabama? <laughs> Kick rocks. I'm a fan of college football. I'm going out of Tuscaloosa with a bunch of my best friends. We're going to game day. I'm going to hold up a Salter sign or a Brian Kelly is allegedly a murderer sign, and we're going to keep it moving. So we're all on Alabama. Why are we all on Alabama? Ben, go ahead. Um, I think LSU is kind of a fraudulent team this year. I really yes. do. They, uh, they've, they haven't played like I thought they would. Um, Jaden Daniels just hasn't been really much of the Heisman candidate that we, a lot of people thought I thought he was going to be top two, top three. Um, they still do have, uh, what's his name? Uh, DeBoer, uh, what is it? Neighbors. Yeah. Malik neighbors. Um, so, I mean, that is someone to look out for. Um, uh, but, um, yeah, I mean, I, and I love Jalen Milrow as a human, so that's kind of me cheering, I, but I can't stand saving. So it's kind of like a love hate with Bama this year. So I'll, I'll make it, I'll make it easy before I kick it over to UCT. I'm going to the game. I'm going to bet whatever Alabama's team total is. I'm going to be singing Rammer Jammer in the stands. I might enroll to get my doctorate when I'm down there. I don't know. We're going to play it by ear. Uh, so no logic for me on this one. CT, what are your thoughts? Yeah, little to no logic for me either. Um, really, I have an Ole Miss future to win the SEC West. Um, I need LSU to win this game. 
um, for that to happen. So that being the case, it's a bit of an emotional hedge for me um, more than anything else uh, with Bama Moneyline. Um, so I, I would love to see LSU win get, uh, for that Ole Miss future, but uh, yeah, it's something where I also, I really struggle to trust that defense against anybody um, for LSU. So um, one way or the other, um, either LSU wins and that future is looking pretty or uh, Bama wins and I get the pick right here. So we love emotional hedges uh, here on the Sea of Red football podcast. Now, uh, last but not least, lock of the week, one game that you are super confident in. Uh, I will go first. Again, Alabama team total. CT. Liberty. I'm going to get Liberty. Ben. Um, to be honest, uh, it wouldn't be listed, but uh, Jacksonville State. That's what I'm going with. I'm going off of the what we go went with, but Jacksonville State's my lock of the, the week. The money is in the crumbs. We know more about the Conference USA than Vegas does. Uh, Jerry. Um, I like that Jacksonville State pick a lot, but I'm going to go Liberty also. There he is. There's our guy. James, last, uh, what's your lock? I'm doing Iowa Northwestern under 31. Oh, you sicko. <laughs> That is disgusting. Uh, Well, uh, thank you so much uh, for the three of you for joining us this evening. Ben, real quick, talk about uh, your podcast and where can we get more of your content and hear uh, more of you guys talking about the Liberty Flames. Yeah, for sure. Uh, So Fan the Flames football podcast, uh, FTF football pod is our uh, handle. Of course, we've got Mr. James and Jeremiah and Kyle Griesinger, who wasn't able to make it tonight. He thinks baseball's for some reason more important than the Flames. Um, baseball should have ended in August. I, that's a statement that I love to say. Uh, but anyways, um, so yeah, they uh, he, he's he's in Dallas down there watching with his family, so I can't blame him. He's a Rangers fan. So, uh, But yeah, so love these guys, so if they want to say anything as well. Thanks for having us on. No, that's really that, thank you guys for joining us. You know, I, I, after eight weeks, it's like, you know what? I don't need to hear Richie Longshot's hollering about nonsense anymore. Let's mix it up a little bit. Uh, so, again, a huge thank you for, for uh, you three joining us on this Halloween thank you. Uh, Tuesday. Looking forward to, to catching up with you guys at some home games, uh, maybe at a conference championship. Well, hopefully at a conference championship game and then on to a bowl game. So make sure you check them out on Twitter. And again, thank you three so much for joining us this evening. CT. It's just us. And then it's just us. Uh, So tucked behind the curtain, John has to pick up one of his daughters from a Halloween party. So we've been uh, thrusted into the spotlight. So we're going to end things off with uh, CT's locks uh, for the week. So Take home, let's, let's keep it rolling, um, and we'll we'll try to roll through these quickly. So, um, first off, Arkansas at Florida. Florida is a six-point favorite. Um, totals at forty-nine. I'm going to go ahead and take Arkansas plus six. New coach. Um, yeah. Yes. Exactly. So uh, they fired their offensive coordinator the other week, and it really was just a terrible fit all around. So they yeah. like to play fast. They like to go uh, do quick plays, get to the line of scrimmage fast, and his offense's philosophy is slowly developing plays. Didn't work at all with offensive line. Didn't work at all with KJ Jefferson. Things looked a lot better last week. I'm going to keep on relying on that. And I'm gonna Didn't take... they fire Pittman? No, Pittman's still there. Pittman's um, still there, by the yeah. grace of God. <laughs> barely, barely. He's still there. 
Um, I would have liked this more if Florida covered last week. I thought they were going to, but uh, Georgia might have figured something out without Brock Bowers that they actually have to use other players. Yeah. Uh, but regardless, I think Arkansas could get this upset. Um, so give them, get, uh, give me them Arkansas plus six. Um, next one, moving on, and got Nebraska at Michigan State. Another just gross Big Ten game. I um, mean, Nebraska's a three point favorite. Um, 34 and a half is that total. I'm taking that under. Um, I was back and forth. Um, I do have some pretty big futures on Nebraska under six and a half wins. Now that's getting a little bit sweaty as well. Um, it was a big Matt rule fade. Um, but Nebraska, I looked at the split so far. They have like 90% of the money in handle. Uh, they don't deserve that. Um, but I also don't trust Michigan State to cover. Um, both teams are pretty terrible. Um, but so that being the case, I mean, Nebraska is actually a pretty good defense. Michigan state's been getting better with their defense. Um, so another gross total, give me that under 34 and a half. And welcome on producer 3000. Uh, it seems like he correctly joined the podcast this time. He's got himself a bit of a filter. There, there it is. Nope. Other way. Wrong direction, but it works. It's fine. We're yeah. That's a pretty sick filter. Where'd you find that? He doesn't know. It is what it is. Next up, Army Air Force, a uh, bit of a uh, service academy. You love the yeah. service academy, CT. Yep. Yeah. As I preach from week zero, uh, when the service academy is laying over two touchdowns, you uh, you, you take the points. Um, and when it's two service academies going against each other and you can get a spread like this, give me Army all day. 18 and a half. Um, we saw what that Navy uh, Air Force game looked like. And uh, I think Army at least is better than Navy. Um, so that being the case, give me Army plus 18 and a half. I'm getting very worried about Army-Navy uh, this year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That is going to be a, an ugly, ugly football game. It's awful to watch. But, I mean, hey, got to support the troops. So, um, troops. Yep. Kansas at Iowa State. Iowa State is a two and a half point favorite over under 54. Um, this honestly is my favorite play of the week. Um, it's not Liberty, but I didn't want to get to it too quickly. Um, this is my favorite play of the week. This is one of my favorite systems in college football. When you have a ranked team playing an unranked team, and then the unranked team is the favorite, just take them. Take the unranked for, team. For um, a reason. Exactly. Um, it's going to work. Kansas just coming off that big win against Oklahoma. Who wants to take Iowa State minus two and a half? Uh, I definitely do. So, um, it's a system that works, might not hit every time, but I'm going to take it every single time. So um, and, I will uh, responsibly be uh, playing that with a nice little wager. And and Iowa State's one of those teams, not not to extend the podcast any longer, or talk about the, the rankings, but Iowa State's right up there and deservingly so. They've yeah. really uh, come into their own this football season. Uh, I've always been an Iowa State guy. Uh, who's their coach again? Matt Campbell? Mm-hmm. Yep. Matt Campbell. It's a very good coach is going to get uh, big-time P5 jobs at some point. Uh, but next up, UCLA, Arizona. What do we got? Yeah, uh, number 20 UCLA at Arizona. Arizona, two-and-a-half-point dog. Um, so it's not the same system as before, but it is pretty close. And both Arizona and Arizona State um, at home this year have been very, very solid. Um Arizona had that nice upset last week as well. I think they can continue that. Um, I think UCLA, they're still, they have like a two or three quarterback system. We know how that goes. Um, they've been playing pretty well. They do have talent, but 
ultimately, I think they're going to struggle in this game. Pac-12, it is very tough to win on the road this year. Um, so I like Arizona um, to, again, just get another upset. Um, so give me Arizona plus two and a half. And, and we're in Pac-12 eat their own season. Like mm-hmm. this is that point where – uh, a big, a big time Pac-12, a ranked Pac-12 team is going to lose in a 10:30 game, and you're going to wake up and go, "Oh, lost to one of the Arizonas." Who would have thought? Exactly. Yep. Um, and then we'll wrap it up. We're, we'll do another uh, money line parlay. It was fun. It didn't hit last time. I think West Virginia sold against Oklahoma State. Oh well, I was looking pretty good outside of that. So uh, we're going to run it back. We got six teams. Uh, Wyoming. They're at home. They're playing against Colorado State. Um, Wyoming's 5-0 on the year at home. Uh, they're just incredible in Laramie. Uh, so give me them. Ole Miss at home against Texas A&M. This just missed the chopping block for the locks. Um, that should be a pretty good game. Um, but I do like Ole Miss, again, for that future that I have. Um, I also just don't trust Jimbo and his offense. So Ole Miss money line. Uh, Tulane um, against ECU. ECU is absolute garbage um now uh, they lost their quarterback after uh, from last year uh, he was like a 10th year senior or something like that uh but they're garbage now so give me tulane liberty of course smu um at uh they're playing against rice uh smu they are probably one of our big competitors plug right now for john's article about the new year six bowl read yes. that if you haven't already um, SMU is going to be one of our big competitors, and they're running up the scoring teams right now to try to have a resume. So give me SMU on the money line. And then finally, um, Washington, they're playing against USC. Um, that's another good game. We didn't talk about it previously, uh, but I uh, don't trust that uh, USC defense at all. So give me Washington money line. Put those six together, and you have a nice little plus 450 parlay. I'm going to have to remember to fire it off before. Uh, I jump on the plane. So again, if you are watching live, thank you so much. Make sure you like, subscribe, all that good stuff. If you're watching later on, again, do the same. But if you are listening to this, uh, on the screen right now, Chad is in a Liberty Joker mask. I'm terrified. It's a little terrifying, Uh, but it's great. CT, thank you for the locks. You know, yes, we we talk about gambling. Yes, we, we talk about spreads and all that. But it's also an opportunity to talk about college football. And now mm-hmm. that Liberty's in a conference, it's important to talk about the entire landscape of college football and, and how uh, what teams are doing and how different conferences are shaking out. So, how uh, work. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, yes, yes, we are talking about gambling, and that is the, the crux of it all. But it is an opportunity to really highlight what's going on in college football. So – so nice to be playing uh, again on Saturday, and I wish I was at homecoming. Producer 3000, uh, yes, Ray, you did leave, leave us a voicemail. We are going to be putting that out on Twitter uh, tomorrow. Much appreciated. Again, check out those voicemails because we, we do. Every time I get those, uh, we listen to them. Check those out. Producer 3000, anything you want to add? He's holding up. He's holding up the LU. He's got it right this time. Oh, it's tough nice. on the try box uh, to show it off. CT, uh, anything before we uh, take it home? No, I mean, the Flames are 8 0. And let's go for 9 0. Let's try to get, um, I just continue to improve and let's, uh, let's one win at a time and let's just see what happens at the end of the season. One win at a time. Control, we can control. Yep. 
and in, enjoy the ride that we are on. So thank you again to the boys from the Fan of the Flames football podcast. Thank you again to everyone who is joining us this evening uh, and later on. Make sure you get out to the game this Saturday. Get to the tailgate. Title Town. Flames rising. Be there. It's the place to be. Great food. Great drinks. Great vibes. And as always, on behalf of everyone involved in the Sea of Red football podcast, stay blessed, stay hydrated, and we'll see you next week.